Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. It's coming up to that time of the year again when Halloween rears its head, and it's more and more becoming a challenge and a pressure for lots and lots of parents and families within the Christian community. The way it's viewed stretches from something that's evil to a harmless bit of fun, and more and more it's fired by clear, simple, naked commercialism. 100,000 jack-o'-lantern pumpkins have been grown just for this week in Australia. Chocolate sales will skyrocket by 300%. Woolies is apparently selling pumpkin-flavoured beer. So what do we do with Halloween? We have two people who've been thinking through this who are joining us on Open House, and I'd love to hear your wisdom and your experience on what you've done with it. Is it something you've embraced as a harmless bit of fun? Is it something you've avoided like the plague? Or I'd be especially interested if you've found a creative way around it where you haven't been sucked into the whole Halloween pressure and commercialism without having your kids treated as a pariah in your neighbourhood or at their school or kindy. Give us a call, 1300 402020 or post on our Open House Community Facebook page. Our two guests who've been doing their own thinking on this on the back of their own experience in their families are Anglican Bishop Robert Forsyth, father of four, grandfather of ten, and Katrina Corbett from Anglicare's Marriage and Relationship Service, former foster care worker and mother of four, grandmother of one. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Great to see you both. Let's start with a bit of the history of Halloween. Take us through where it comes from. Well, the name of the festival... Halloween is actually a Christian phrase from a word meaning the eve of All Hallows Day, or to put it in more modern English, All Saints Day. Uh, Christians, as you know, often have various days in the year to celebrate various acts of the gospel and then certain people. And the 1st of November is All Saints Day when we lump together all the past Christian great ones. (laughs) That's my definition of a saint. And this is the, the eve of that. Its origins, though, I think, from what I can gather, are quite deep in the past of European past, Celtic past, of a kind of day, perhaps even in pagan times, when it was thought that the, the underworld, the world of the dead, was somehow close to our life world, and, the, and people had to dress up and do certain things either to hide from or to placate the spirit. So it has a rather dubious a theological background, if I might say so. Katrina, what's your take on the history of it? Well, I I agree with Rob. I think that's where, from what I've read, that's where it comes from. It's at the Celtic origins. I think it went to America via the Irish in about the 1850s is what I read, and it's become very big, as we know, in America. Uh, And it's come here for really for the last probably 20 years. I remember my son at 20 years ago um, wanting to be involved in Halloween. So considering its history, is it something that we should regard as either evil or something that celebrates a darker side of the spiritual world? I think we work out what's going on first before we work out what to do with it. Okay. Firstly, no one owns Halloween. It has different meanings. There's no official Halloween control group. (laughs) (laughs) That's important because it means it's a cultural phenomenon that changes and varies a bit like the... It's fluid. It's fluid. Thank you. Secondly, I think if you look at the symbolism of it, the, the figures are of masks of ghouls and ghosts and scary things. Yes. Scary things. And human beings like being scared, actually. We go to watch scary movies. We like, And partly it's not, a, not unhealthy because being scared and coping with something you're scared of gives you more, more confidence in life. So just because something's scary doesn't mean it's bad in itself. The question here is, how seriously are we taking the acting and play acting? 
I'm trying to think of a New Testament model on this. I thought the only thing I can find is the issue of in 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 and 10 where Paul is talking about whether Christians should take part in banquets and eating food which has been offered to the various pagan gods. And Paul is very subtle. First thing he says is, there is no God but one God. These have no real existence. So the first point he wants to make is a strong point. A Christian must approach Halloween, I believe. Do not become superstitious. There is one God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is named above every name that is named. Christians should not live a world in fear of some territorial or other spirit, other spirit. This is is a return to paganism, Mm. the notion that there are these other beings. Uh, Not so. The New Testament does never encourage us. It it tells us to be aware of the devil, of his works, and, and stand against him. But this is not to do with living a superstitious life. So number one, don't be superstitious. And Se- don't fear this. No, no, don't fear it. And especially don't fear it thinking, if I make one false move, I'll be in big trouble. That's that kind of fear that I know some Christians have an overly sensitive concern with the spiritual world has led them in to become not the confidence of the Christian, but the kind of superstition and the fear. The other two things Paul says are, if there's somebody who thinks it is real, if someone thinks this food really is offered to a god, uh, don't eat it with him because that person will be going against their conscience, yeah. even if you know it's not rubbish. Yes. And the third thing he says is, he says, if someone offers you meat offered to idols and no one says anything about it, eat it. It's not going to hurt you. But if you don't, what you mustn't do is take part in a ceremony, in a, in a banquet, which is truly worshipping the gods, which he says are just demons, just the spirits of the dead. And so there's a place in which Christians have to draw a line. If Halloween was a serious religious activity, in some sense engaging in the honouring of the spirits of the dead or something, we'd run a mile. How's that for a complicated answer to a simple question? No, no, I think it's a helpful answer, actually. <laughs> Katrina, what do you think? I agree with Rob that if, if uh, it led in any way to involvement in the occult, in any way, like uh, seances or, or seeing clairvoyance or devil worship would be shocking but that's the danger that's the line that must not be crossed i think that's you're getting into a spiritual realm there where it's you're in danger zone and you would certainly not want to go anywhere near that and there is a lot of caution among christian parents about how do we respond to this i've spoken to a number of young mums with with sort of uh, infants age children under seven say who felt that well it's not a salvation issue if our kids get involved. If we use common sense and we watch, watch out for their safety and, and accompany them and all that sort of thing. But is it helpful for our children to get involved? Uh, what are we teaching them? Is it just a community event that they're getting involved in and it's building community and they're having fun, they're getting dressed up? And you can draw the line about getting dressed up as nice, happy things, <laughs> characters, or you can say, look, I don't want you to get dressed up as a witch or a ghoul or, or have blood no. dropping from your eyes. What, 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 poor kids, they like dressing up as ghouls. That's cool <laughs> to be a ghoul. It's cool to be a ghoul. <laughs> right? It's cool to, because this is a way, it's a way of dealing with, their, with fear. Some of the nursery rhymes of kids, you know, nursery stories, as long as children are safe, if I put it this way, it's kind of exciting to pretend you're not safe. And I think there's a bit of this going on. There's a bit of thrill. Now, as long as it is just a game one-night game, I don't think it's that dangerous. I suppose it depends on how you read your your own children, the children that you're accompanying, the children in your care. I mean, I can imagine some kids actually might have nightmares about it. Oh, yes, that's a good point too. You've had extended family involved in the United States where 
everyone goes nuts over Halloween, Katrina. That, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and when I spoke to them, they said that there were these extreme responses, some very, very paranoid responses from Christians about wanting nothing at all to do with it. And at the other end, a very relaxed and perhaps too relaxed view. Their view was that they would... Uh, accompany their children round to the houses. Uh, they would participate as a community event because it was embedded in the social calendar of the culture. Mm. It was an event embedded yeah, in the social yeah. calendar. And uh, they obviously watched the safety issue, but they let their kids have fun with their peers. Because there are ways that some people in the Christian community use this in creative ways, and I hope we get some suggestions tonight to get around it, or in some way participate. That's right, and there there are churches that are, are organising alternative events where kids can get dressed up and in costumes and and have lollies and parties and and some I know some families have, will take their kids out for a special day somewhere so that they can actually avoid it. I know it's to avoid it. They don't like it. They don't want to have to face it with their children, yeah. and they'll organise something alternative to, to have fun. I, I haven't thought much about this until Lee, you gave me the warning to come in here and talk about it, mm. Frank, with you. That's a sign of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, if I might say it's so. much more of an issue today than it would have been, say, when yeah, we were when, kids. When, yes, way back then. Yeah. I mean, you know, decimal currency was just coming in. Dinosaurs. Know, dinosaurs <laughs> around the earth, quite so. But reflecting upon it, it does occur to me, it does give an opportunity for Christians to think Christianly about and I use this very different the underworld, the notion of death and all that's appropriate with death in a confident way. I go back to my earlier point about being assuring our children don't take it too seriously. I think that's the danger on either side. Don't you, you think can, we need to take evil seriously, Rob? Yes, yes, we do, but we need to take it not so seriously as we have forgotten that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. That, that we don't live in a world dominated by spirits and ghosts and superstition, and superstitions, and that we are, have a robust confidence in Christ. That's right. This could be a helpful way of helping kids to to think of what it means to know that Christ is Lord in a very practical way in dealing with the fears. That's why it works in our culture. We play it. I know you say it's your typical conspiracy series, Lee Hatcher. It's all to do with big business <laughs> making money out of people. <laughs> there's a fair bit of that too. <laughs> I think there's a and, lot of and, that. And given your, given your background in commercial radio, I, you know what you're talking about. But it seems to me that its purchase on us is dealing with our fears. Christmas is about connection and relationships. I mean, socially, not theologically. But Halloween is about the fact that there are things in life that we're afraid of and so therefore we laugh at them, we make, make fun of them, and that's why we calm ourselves down. That's my theory. And perhaps... One of the greatest challenges is to be able to speak with your kids about this in ways mm. that they'll understand. Actually, I, I think it does raise that whole area of the spiritual yeah. element of to life, of, of, the, of our relationship with Christ and the strength that we have in Christ and the power that Christ has over evil. It is an opportunity to have a conversation with your children about that area. Yeah. I agree. One of the texts in the New Testament that doesn't make much sense to us Westerners are those statements where they talk about Christ is above every name and every authority and every power. You think, what's, what's he going on about? Mm. Uh, he's speaking to an, to an ancient world which lived in a world which people fully believed in, in, in a polytheistic universe mm. with forces and powers and spirits and ghosts and charms and magic. And the Christian gospel cut through like a knife and said, no, this mm. crucified man, it must have been a bizarre message at the time, is God amongst yes. us, raised from the dead. He is Lord over That's and in right. him you are free. Now, that's a great message. Well, I have a, I actually have a theory that some of the most superstitious people in our culture are those that have no faith. They won't walk under ladders. They read astrology. <laughs> Adults course. I'm talking about that yes. are very superstitious. Is that right? 
they uh, put themselves under the power of a range of superstitions. Yeah. Uh, from as I, little as walking under ladders to uh, something to do with black cats and, and then, of course, astrology. And you can see why that would happen. It was a Chesterton who said when, when humans don't believe in God, they believe in anything. Yes. yes. And again in the New Testament, Paul talks to the ex-polytheist readers and says, you were enslaved to beings which were not gods before God knew you. The, the alternative to being connected with the God who created you is to be a servant or slave of beings, things around you that God made, and they can yeah. be spirits, they, they can be stuff. And that's that's a kind of slavery. I, I'm interested in that your people are like that, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I hope this has been a really helpful conversation for lots of people, lots of families especially. So let me be practical to wrap with. Let me paint two scenarios very similar to you and ask you what you would do as a parent. A child gets an invite either from the local neighbourhood or from the kindy or school saying, we're going to do the Halloween thing. What should they do? Well, I'd want to know, what, what age child are we talking about? Good question. Say eight. Well, yeah, eight, middle childhood almost. Well, it's the start of middle childhood. It's... um. It's different from one to seven. <laughs> and uh, they're beginning to think a little bit more about their peer group and want to be part of a, a community event. Yeah. You'd certainly want to watch the safety issues. You'd want to, perhaps even at eight, have a conversation with them about the spiritual side of things and the power of God. But you'd somehow be a part of it? I could be, yes. yes. Okay. Rob? Yes, I, I, it's so long since I had children. I don't know what an eight-year-old is like. I was very, <laughs> very impressed with, the, with that subtle and it's incredible knowledge. So a little kid of some kind. <laughs> I would be very keen, if they could, to take part in, in safe, both spiritual and physical safe terms. Yeah. So I would do all I could to try and do whatever was possible to make sure that they were safe. But on the whole, I'd want to be engaged. I mean, there are two, there's totally two ways we Christians deal with these issues. And I guess there are two different approaches. Each got a value. There are some Christians who, if something has been tainted, want nothing to do with it. Yes. And there are those who say, no, we're going to take it and swallow it up. I mentioned Christmas earlier. The date of Christmas is not the literal date of our Lord's birth. No. That's that, comes a shock, that comes a shock to you, yes. Leo. I know. <laughs> um, it's, but it, it happens to land on a date which has an, had another history. Yeah. The Christians kind of took it over. Yep. The date, yes. not not yes. the meaning. And there's a way in which I think on the whole Christians have felt confident to engage with a culture, drawing boundaries where we're falling into the worship of idols and the worship of false gods, but on the whole being as positive as you can would be my my approach. I think this has been really helpful to explore these kind of issues and um, try and get some clarity and some wisdom. Katrina and Rob, thanks so much indeed for joining us on Open House. Great, thanks, to, great, great to be here. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.